are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. We are inching our way closer to that season opener for the cards against Ole Miss in Atlanta on Labor Day. It's just over two weeks away. This week's going to be more of the same. Talk a little bit about football. Uh, We're going to start out this Monday edition talking about what Braylon Oliver's departure means for the safety room. We will transition into identifying two unexpected players that could make the competition in the wide receiving room very interesting. And then we'll finish out the episode like we do every Monday with a Mailbag Monday. Uh, but before we get into that, like I mentioned, my name is Dalton Pence. For those who aren't aware of who I am, I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a feature writer. I am formerly a part of Fansided's Big Red Louie and the state of Louisville.com. And I also do some backup PA announcing work for the university in certain sports like soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. Before we get into the content of today's show, if you're an NFL fan, you're in luck. The season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Be sure to follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning on August 30th. So let's dive right on into this Monday edition of the show. So if you didn't see the news when it dropped before the weekend, you've likely heard about it at some point. Or time or fashion, but true freshman safety Braylon Oliver has decided to enter the transfer portal, which came as a shock to a lot of the fan base. Um, and regardless of the speculations as to the reason why, you know, I'm not here to discuss that. I want to think about what the implications are on the safety room moving forward with his departure because although he wasn't projected at the two deep, it's hard not to consider him quality depth just because you never know what a season is going to entail in terms of the wear and tear along with injuries and stuff like that. There are so many unknowns and like I keep mentioning, COVID is not going away. In fact, it's getting back to the way it was last fall. So there's so much uncertainty and you know, depth is such a crucial aspect of the game in regular seasons and definitely so in this COVID time. So, but uh, it's it's very disappointing just because I had high hopes for Braylon as I did a lot of other people. He was one of I'd say the top five ranked prospects in this Flyville twenty one class for the Cards, and it's very discouraging to see him go so soon. But we do wish him the best of luck in his future endeavors and where he decides to take his talents but in terms of the safety room it leaves things kind of interesting uh, I understand you know Kendrick Duncan Jr. and one of Quinterio Cole or Ben Perry is set to start at that safety position but outside of those three is kind of where the questions arise Braylon Oliver was supposed to be one of those guys that the team would turn to however that is not the case anymore Josh Minkins Jr. the Ballard product from the 502 is starting to get more reps so it looks like you know by all accounts he's set to get the snaps that Braylon Oliver might have uh, possessed but needless to say there is definitely a depth issue as there as there was to begin with there was always a depth issue at safety that's why Satterfield and company brought in a ton of transfers to the position and even in the summer 
before the Cards added Shaverick Williams, the the JUCO defensive back, to the fold. He mentioned that you know this was an opportunity where they did have a scholarship available, but you know they didn't have anybody in mind or so to speak. But the safety position was the number one place that needed to be addressed. So it's not some well-kept secret that the Cards need depth at safety. Uh, the good thing is they do have their starters, and uh, if you want to be technical, you know you have three guys that can really give you some good substantial snaps, and I think that they're all going to have a successful season. But after that, that's where you kind of get a little rough. Um, you know, As I mentioned, having your twos maybe not just as good as your ones, but definitely be serviceable and playable, it, it is very crucial. It's very pivotal. So um, you know, it's going to require you know, late edition Shaverick Williams to step it up a little bit, learn the playbook quicker, to, because he's going to have to be relied upon in that safety room. Um, and like I said, you just have to not necessarily plan for injuries, but you have to be prepared for them. I think that uh, Q. Cole and Kendrick Duncan Jr. both are going to be very solid, and it seems like the strong safety position is locked down with both uh, Cole and Perry. But you know, outside in the free safety position, and although they do have Josh Minkins Jr., like I mentioned in previous shows, and Minkins, along with these other defensive backs, don't have a lot of game experience with the cards at this power five level so you know, you're going to have to have some options and I wonder you know at media day and through certain press conferences Chandler Jones confirmed that he was going to see some safety at certain packages so that makes me question how long has this potentially been in the works for the cards is it something that just popped up or was it something that the coaching staff was able to predict um and we'll likely honestly never know obviously but at the end of the day it does make you wonder uh, I do believe that Chandler Jones is very versatile and that could be one reason but it um, could beg the question of whether or not this was something that the coaching staff saw coming but regardless uh, I think that Chandler Jones being able to be played at the safety position because of his size because of his ability to cover pretty well and just overall understanding of the defense gives him some advantages over some potential guys like Josh Meekins Jr. or Shaverick Williams. But, um, you know, that's a snowball effect, and I have to wonder, so if you take Chandler Jones out of the cornerback role and place him at safety, who steps up at cornerback? I understand, you know, you have Cottrell Clark, who in my opinion is going to get all ACC honors once again. But uh, outside of him, who who are you turning to? I, I know that Greedy Vance has been a guy that – you know, defense coordinator Brian Brown and both Jones and Clark have not only confirmed but reiterated multiple times that Greedy Vance could be a starter if the Cards needed him to. Um, I believe it was Chandler Jones that said, it might have been Control Clark, it was one of the two, forgive me, that basically said that if I were to have to miss a game, he's the guy that I believe could come in and fill the role seamlessly. So, you know, that that's very high praise coming from the guys that lead the depth chart. And not only Greedy Vance, there's been some high praise for Kenai Walker, Derek Edwards, even Rance Connor, uh, Trey Franklin, the Juca guy, but the harsh reality of the fact is the four that I just named have not played one single snap for the cards. So in a nutshell, looking at the whole situation, it looks good on paper. Don't get me wrong. I think playing Chandler Jones at the safety position could bode well for the cards because I think he's that versatile and you can put him in that role and I think he would shine regardless. But you have to understand what you're trying to replace a cornerback and relying on four guys who have not played a single snap at the power five level 
let alone in this system, is it's easier said than done. I think that and I'm not necessarily saying that it's a pipe dream that it happens. Um, and I, I truly believe that Chandler Jones is going to be used at safety at certain points in certain packages. But also think that you know you're taking an all ACC caliber guy out of the out of that role and forcing one of the young guys to step up. So Braylon Oliver's departure, although looking at it for face value, doesn't necessarily seem like that big of a loss. It makes things a little bit more complicated in an already complicated secondary with uh, depth questions, with concerns over guys being able to step up in terms of the newcomers. So. You know, as Braylon Oliver left, it's not far-fetched to say that some of his fellow Flyville 21 members are going to be forced the most with being able to step up or being required to step up, I should say. So it'll be interesting to see how things progress in camp and see how guys like Josh Meekins Jr. and Shaverick Williams are able to perform. Before we get on to two unexpected guys that could make things very interesting in that competition in the wide receiving room, I want to talk to you all a little bit about Sweat Block. I actually received a care package last week of some deodorant and antiperspirant wipes, and i got to be honest, it is one of the best things that I've used. I will never go back to the traditional deodorant sticks or anything like that. Uh, sweat block is doctor created it's doctor recommended it works for up to seven days per use and there's a dry shirt guarantee so sweat block doesn't keep you dry guess what you can get your money back it's featured and tested on the rachel ray show by firefighters it's a bestseller on amazon for the past 10 years and there's over 13,000 reviews and it's manufactured right here in the united states so you're able to wear what you want to wear it's your little secret to confidence and it's a must-have for everyone's toiletry bag whether it's a big presentation or it's a hot date everyone can benefit um, so if you know anyone that is dealing with this you have to recommend them to sweat block i know it's going to sound too good to be true but i literally only have had to use sweat block once or twice this past week and it has kept me dry the whole time so everyone there's no more pitting out there's no more picking your shirts based on which one will hide the sweat better sweat block is what you need to go with you can get it today for 20 percent off at sweatblock.com and use the promo code locked on or at amazon or CVS. All right, so I hinted at two unexpected guys that could cause the competition in the wide receiving room to get really interesting. One of these guys just switched the position. Another one is a walk-on coming out of the woodwork. Let's talk about the guy who switched to the position, and that is true freshman TJ Lewis, who came to Louisville this past recruiting class as a quarterback, 6'3", 186 pounds listed coming into the program. Um, and he was a player that coming out of high school, college coaches and other talent evaluators were just not really sold on him at the position, thought that at the end of the day he was going to switch positions, whether that be a, a wide receiver, a running back, uh, even a possibly you know receiving tight end, or even a defensive back. There wasn't really a limitation on it, but very athletic. There's a ton of shiftiness and the ability to make guys miss, and that's where I was kind of at when I was watching his, his film last year. I'm not necessarily saying that I wasn't sold on him as a quarterback because at the end of the day, I thought that the potential was there, but I ultimately thought that switching positions was going to be in his future, and uh, quarterback coach Pete Thomas 
confirmed on the record when he talked to TJ Lewis was that uh, Lewis just confirmed to him that he just, he just wants to play and get on the field however that may be in whatever fashion and to me that speaks a lot to his character as being willing to sacrifice his personal wishes just to be able to help the team in terms of what he could bring to that wide receiving room it's kind of interesting I'm not necessarily sure that he's going to make a ton of impact as a true wideout I I personally think that we could see him as a Reggie Bonifant guy that lines up in certain packages whether it be like a a read option or a speed option or even like a um, you know a trick play a reverse flea flicker you know you name it Uh, I think that the next guy we're going to talk about has the potential to have a bigger role than Lewis this year but at the end of the day I think his speed his height I think um, you know the cards are really needing a player who can go up and you know win aerial battles. I know Justin Marshall fits the bill. There hasn't been a ton of word as to whether or not Michi Cannon, the true freshman, is up to speed and where he's sitting at in camp. I know he's showing some flashes, but you know it, it's hit or miss as to whether or not he will be ready for Week One in terms of substantial contribution. So at the end of the day, I think at the very least, T.J. Lewis makes this competition interesting. Because he does have the intangibles. He does have that shiftiness. He has underrated speed. He has the ability to make guys miss. And not only that, you know, he's got a ton of athleticism and he has the you know the vertical height being six three, six four. You know, that he's not it's like it's not like he's a slot receiver that's fending for an opportunity in this system. You know, there's not as many guys that can go up and win aerial battles. So it'll be interesting to see how things are able to progress throughout the next two weeks or so. I don't foresee him playing against Ole Miss at wideout, but potentially as the season progresses and injuries happen, uh, because they always do, um, guys get banged up. Well, you could see him get the opportunity. It's just going to be a matter of if he can make the most out of it, but he does have the intangibles for it. He just has to switch the position and be able to you know learn the playbook and stuff like that. So it's easier said than done. But the potential is there. This could be more so a move for year two. Uh, the other guy that I'm really excited to hear about as the season inches closer is walk-on and former Eastern Kentucky transfer Jalen Carter. 6'2", just over 200 pounds. He's from Louisville, uh, DuPont Manual High School for those that are aware of the area. Uh, when you look at what he did at Eastern Kentucky in his time there, I got to be honest, it's nothing that jumps off the page. So when, you know, I've been hearing about this guy for the past week or so from various media members, it's really caught me off guard just how well he's standing out. There was a clip of, uh, I don't know who posted it, but, um, you know, Jalen Carter won a 50-50 matchup ball against uh, true freshman Derek Edwards, and it went a little semi-viral in the local community. But, in terms of what he's done at Eastern Kentucky in Richmond, he's played 32 total games over three years. He's had only 37 receptions, 449 yards, and five touchdowns. Um, is averaging about 12.1 yards a catch. And this is another one of those opportunities to where uh, you could definitely see guys making the most out of the 
snaps that are given to them because there's a ton of inexperience in this room. Gunter Brewer has confirmed, you know, we're going to put whatever guys on the field, give us the best opportunity to win. There's going to be some moving parts to see what sticks and what doesn't. So it's going to be a lot of trial and error experimentation for the cards in the early parts of the season. And uh, Jalen Carter could be one of the players that benefits the most from this situation. And we look at the complete difference and opposite side of the spectrum in terms of TJ Lewis and the fact that you know, he's got to learn how to you know shift to being a wide receiver and learn the playbook and all of that in terms of footwork and technique and stuff like that. You have a guy like Jalen Carter who's been a wide receiver, so obviously easier you know, transition and stuff like that and um, has played in college football for three years, so you have that veteran presence. And I'm not going to really entertain the fact that, you know, the storyline of, always oh, a local kid looking to prove himself. But at the end of the day, I do believe that you at least have to acknowledge that there are walk-ons all over the country that earn their spots in the most unideal situations. I do believe, yes, that this is a very crowded wide receiving core. There are guys that are looking to make the most out of their opportunities and that have waited in the wings and waited their turns. But at the end of the day, this is a core that doesn't have really anyone that has proven themselves outside of maybe Braden Smith and Justin Marshall to a degree. So the opportunity is there. And if Jalen Carter is able to continue what he had done in preseason camp and um, you know continue that through the final two weeks leading up to that opener against Ole Miss, Who's to say he might not be, you know, second or third in the depth chart? Uh, I think that might be a little bit rich, might be a little bit of a, of a wishful thinking in a sense. But I, you know, stranger things have happened. I personally think that you know Carter has been one of the guys in camp that have caught my eye more than others. It was one of those situations where you know. I, I was reading through some tweets and saw where he had made a couple good catches. And I'm like, oh, that's good. It's nice to see a walk-on you know, shine against some of the ones and twos. And then as camp continued to progress, I kept hearing his name more and more. I was like, huh, this is a little interesting. And then in Gunter Brewer's press conference last week when you know he talked about um, you know, how solid he was, led me to believe that, no, this isn't a walk-on that is just, you know, making some good plays this is one that is really going to be pushing for some playing time so both um, he and Lewis are going to be ones to focus on but at the end of the day I think Carter is going to get more of a look than Lewis especially early on so before we head into the final segment for the weekly Monday mailbag I want to talk to you a little bit about Built Bar uh, Built Bar as everyone knows if you've listened to the show I'm a big fan of it is the best protein bar out there there are nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time one. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're simply passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, etc. If you're like me and you were kind of on the fence on which ones to pick, that's okay. You can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They have uh, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. You can order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. So be sure to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Once again, that is use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
So another opportunity I want to talk to you about is betonline.ag. As you all know, it's that time of the year again, and all eyes are tuning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. You can get all of the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest. Open now at BetOnline. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And guess what? If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for the 2021 season. Be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON because BetOnline is your online sportsbook experts. With that, we transition into the final segment of this fine Monday with, guess what, the weekly mailbag. There's three questions that I thought were really good that need to be addressed. Um, The first one is, you've mentioned on your show before that you don't think the Cards beat Kentucky in the final game of the regular season. Can you elaborate on that and explain some of your reasoning? That is a very good question. Um, you know, It was something that I wanted to explain a little more as the show progressed, but actually kind of uh, never got around to it. So I'm glad that um, you know this question was asked. And for me, when I look at both teams, it simply comes down to a matter of matchups. Because when you look at that 2019 slate, uh, I'm not really sure that Kentucky was overall that much better than the Cards, especially not as the the result entailed. Because I think that the skill positions matched up well, but one thing that killed the Cards was the depth at offensive line, the size that the Cats had in the trenches, and just the overall stylistic sense of play that UK utilized in the you know run 90% of the time which was Louisville's weakness especially with everyone you know kind of exhausted from a whole season and the lack of depth I do think the cards obviously have more depth I think that they've increased their size but Kentucky has one of the best offensive line in the SEC and then you add LSU starting tackle transfer Dare Rosenthal to the mix and it's going to be one of the best units in the conference. Defensive line is always a strong suit as well. They brought back Josh Paschal and uh, some solid recruits into that defensive line into a unit that is going to be a very solid. The Kentucky defense is once again going to be extremely underrated. I think it's going to be one of, I'd probably say, top six or seven in the conference. And for the SEC, that's pretty dang good. Um, the biggest kicker for me in this stylistic matchup, and which I don't think bodes well for the cards, is just the fact that UK, although I know they're going to open things up, their running back core is one of the best in the nation. Chris Rodriguez is a top 10 running back, in my opinion. And then you add guys like Cavassier Smoke and AJ Rose, and you bring back that three-headed monster that's going to give Louisville some fits. And at this point in time, you know, is it going to be uh, trouncing like it was in 2019? Of course not, but I don't think that the Cards win. I could see them losing by 10 to 14 points. I'm not saying it's impossible that Louisville's able to pull the victory out, but at the end of the day, I think that Kentucky wins this. And it was one of those games to where 
I wasn't necessarily on the fence that much, and I think that the Cards have a better chance of beating Ole Miss than they do the Cats. And then the second question was perfectly placed because it kind of feeds off of that second segment that we had with T.J. Lewis switching to wide receiver. The question reads, with T.J. Lewis switching positions, what does that mean for the quarterback room, and is is that something that concerns you? Well, when Luke McCaffrey transferred, and you know, kind of even before that, I was kind of concerned just because um, outside of Malik Cunningham, there's questions and concerns over the other guys in the room and whether or not they could deliver if needed to. Um, Evan Conley has has done that as a true freshman, so I think he's one of the guys that I don't necessarily have a ton of doubts for, but I do have to question what the offensive ceiling is. But outside of that, you know, at the time, Luke McCaffrey, who didn't have that necessarily good of a career at Nebraska, um, TJ Lewis, who, you know, in my opinion, was going to switch at some point to a different position, which he ended up doing. And then now you have the Juco guy, Brock, I believe it's Doman. I need to learn how to pronounce his name, but, um, you know, obviously he's never taken a power five snap. So I was very concerned with the quarterback room. Even so now with Luke McCaffrey gone, uh, now you have TJ Lewis out into a different position. So literally you have Malik Cunningham, you have Evan Conley, Brock Doman. You, you have some walk-on guys like Trinity State champion Nathan McElroy, who I'm very high on as well. But, you know, there there it does bode the question. So if, if Malik goes down, I think Louisville's are really going to be struggling, especially if Conley goes down as well. Doman has uh, been claimed to have a, a pretty solid arm, but, you know, relying on a Juco guy is very unorthodox and doesn't really bode well for your success, in my opinion, uh, at least not this year. So, I think it's a good question. I think you're spot on. I think that there's still concerns and even more so now. So uh, it just makes 2022 recruiting that much more crucial. I think that along with uh, Johnson in that class, they're going to potentially add a big-time grad transfer because at the end of the day, I think this is Malik Cunningham's last year. And the final question is, are the first three games of the season really that important? Back in 2015, the Cards went 0-3 to start the season and ended up finishing 8-5. I don't think it's that big of a deal because there's a lot of season left. And in a nutshell, this is a a pretty fair take. I, I agree that there's a lot of season left, but with the context of what the situation of Louisville football is in right now, you know, you're coming off of a subpar season in a COVID time and you are looking to bounce back with a ton of depth and experience and they poised for a solid season so I think the situations are a little different Um, obviously the Eastern Kentucky game isn't necessarily going to be a barn burner but if the cards were to lose I think the panic button would probably be hit but Ole Miss and Central Florida give the cards a very good opportunity to establish themselves for the upcoming season and I get it you know we went 0-3 in 2015 but you know that was just a a good you know case of the cards being able to turn it around and at at the end of the day it's not a recipe for success so I think obviously it is crucial for those first three games for the cards to you know win one at least but you know you have to be able to strive for that two and one going into the ACC slate so although it's not impossible to the season a total failure but it definitely alters the expectations and we can't be thinking like that you know the expectations is going back to a bowl game winning anywhere from six to eight games and um, you're not going to be able to do that if you lose your first three games I think that the ACC is a little bit more 
well-rounded than it was back in 2015. Obviously, Clemson is better. Florida State, maybe not so much. But at the end of the day, the conference as a whole is much better. But uh, we talked about what Braylon Oliver's departure means for the safety room. We also identified TJ Lewis and Jalen Carter as two unexpected names that could cause the competition in the wide receiving room to be interesting. And we conducted the weekly Monday mailbag. So be sure to follow me on Twitter at defense underscore. You can follow the Twitter podcast page at LO underscore Louisville. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be a little bit of a, of a switch up. We're going to talk a little bit about NBA and what to expect from David Johnson and Carly Jones in year one. We'll, t- we'll touch a little bit on the topic of Jordan Wara and his second year and also a guy like Terry Rozier after that big contract extension and some more stuff on the Tuesday edition. Before we head out, I do want to give some shout outs to some other podcasts. The Cardinal Sports Zone podcast hosted by myself, Jeremy and Joe Wallman, Sean Barber, Sam Baisden, Wes Brown. There's a ton of unique personalities in that room that mesh really well together. You not only get your weekly dose of global sports, but you also get a lot of comic relief. So be sure to check that out. Um, also, Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Be sure to follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Be sure to check out the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper for all of your conference news. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.